Genre. Welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character and a great story, except when we don't. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this week we're looking back at 2022 and also uh, looking ahead a little bit about 2023 and what we hope to do with the podcast. Joining me for the discussion is producer Andrew. Hello. Andrew, do you have any favorite media from 2022 that you consumed either for the podcast discussion or just like, hey, I watched that and I really loved it that you want to touch on? I uh, knew that we were going to be talking about this, so I wrote down some of the things that I thought were at the top of my list. I hadn't ordered it. I Doing this made me think maybe I need to keep a media journal of mm. the things that I'm reading and watching on a regular basis and, and so I can look back on it effectively yeah. over the course of a year because it is hard to remember in can a lot I of cases. Can I tell you uh, a method that I have adopted recently? Hmm. Uh, like, well, I'd say within the last two two years I've been doing this. Everything I'm reading, I fold over a post-it note and I write a little note about some aspect of my life right when I start reading it. And I just write the date and the book. And then at the end, when I'm done, I throw that post-it note into a, a little box. And so now I've got a box of dozens of post-it notes of books I've read, you know, with the, with the date of when I started reading them and something that was happening in the life with me and my kids or something when I started reading that book. Hmm. Interesting. I might have to think about that as as a mechanism, but really, I just need some way to be paying attention to it because it's really hard for me to differentiate mm-hmm. past about three to six months. Yep, like that could have been half a year ago, or it could have been three years ago. So I, I depending on I how it looking, sits with me. Yeah, I was just looking back at the podcast episodes we released this year, and I'm back in January. And it's like that was this year. I would have guessed that was like two or three years ago. We did that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> happens all the time, and it so, happens in reverse. Yes. Also, where it's like, wait a second, that was five years ago. That doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what what stood out for you in 2022? Uh, Andor is probably my number one mm-hmm. uh, watching watching Andor on Disney Plus. Uh, Avatar is high up there. Wakanda Forever is, I think, my number one Marvel experience for the year. This has been, for me, a, a poor year of Marvel. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, Wakanda Forever is definitely my top. I I started Miss Marvel with my daughter, and then she didn't like because she's the right age. I thought mm-hmm. I might grab her. It did not, and so then I never got around to finishing it. So I never finished Miss Marvel. I the She Hulk. She Hulk. I'm like I'm two thirds of the way through. I'm kind of loving it, but I've also heard people say the the finale did not sit well with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Thor and Doctor Strange. Uh, Thor was a mess. Uh. Doctor Strange was a fascinating mess. More interesting to me than, than <laughs> uh, Thor. Yeah, I think that's fair. It, out of the two of them, it's more interesting. That doesn't mean I want to watch either of them. Yeah. Again, I, in particular. So uh, I, I will say Werewolf by Night, I liked very much. Oh, and the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, I really mm. liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so both of those special presentations, I am a big fan. I think Werewolf by Night, I liked more. Uh, it just, something about it just connected with me. I was like, this is great. I love the, the humor to this and the, the weirdness of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Moon Knight was also this year. Oh, I did like Moon Knight. I loved the hippopotamus. That's one thing I do remember. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Uh, and then I have not seen glass onion yet, so I don't know if I'm going to like that, but I anticipate that I will. 
yeah, that's uh, we're recording this just before that comes out, like really just a, a few days before. And mm-hmm. I am really excited for it, like really thinking this might be <laughs> one, one might, of my favorite things this year. <laughs> it might be the top of the year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, see how they run is the other uh, movie that is on my list. See how they run. Uh, I think hit HBO Max a little while ago. It's the the murder mystery. Mm hmm. Kind of, kind of in the vein of Glass Onion to some degree. Yeah, uh, felt uh, like at least the the tone of the trailer was a little more playful or or like comedic, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm I'm all in for. I just need to go get around to watching it. <laughs> yeah, there's too much media out there. Yeah, so I really, really enjoyed that one, and so that covers um most of the viewing that I did. Uh, I, I'm enjoying Willow on Disney Plus right now. Uh, more than I thought I would. So I'm sticking with that show. Uh, I kind of anticipated that I wouldn't, but I am. Uh, I watched an episode of the National Treasure Show and I will not stick with it. Or actually, we didn't even finish the episode. Mm, that, that's rough. <laughs> like, uh, eh, this is not really. I think what, what, what I really enjoyed this year. Wednesday, I enjoyed. Uh, it's not like I think that was great, but I enjoyed it the whole way through. Uh, some of the, the twists, it's a murder mystery. Some of the twists are felt too obvious but others were like oh okay well done mm-hmm. on that um but it was a fun world to be in i did not think i was gonna like wednesday because the magic of adam's family is the macabre in the world of normal normalcy right and that contrast and wednesday is just all weird fantasy darkness right <laughs> um the whole way through uh you know it's a murder at basically uh a, a school for for a harry potter school yeah <laughs> but but more cryptid heavy <laughs> harry potter school uh and so i'm like you're kind of like taking away what adam's family is but if i can like ignore that part of it i really liked it mm-hmm. uh and or i'm most of the way through and am really enjoying that's a great series so i'm with you on that uh being, being a solid entry uh into 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 star wars um earlier this year was wasn't book of boba fett this year it might have been that's you know it, it was fine but also kind of forgettable like a, you know mm-hmm. not, not much lingering there uh for that so Andor's definitely the top star wars um and I agree, like the these hour long specials that Marvel did that are not too worried about the major continuity or or setting anything up. We might need a little more of that for Marvel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sketch it scratches a very comic book itch of the one off. Uh, yeah. Just, uh, yeah just... Or or even just saying, hey, here's a short thing that you may or may not get more of. You know, every series has even even multiple issues mm-hmm. telling a story where this may or may not come back ever again, but it's what we're telling right now. And the best way to view it is here's what's happening right now. Not this is the most important thing in the world. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And so I I would very much like to see more of those special presentations and and get more of that uh, in in the universe, but also with, with the characters that we know, like in guardians of the galaxy, it's like, Oh, this flushes out some guardians of the galaxy stuff quite nicely, actually. Yeah, and I think they both work really well. But like you said, we're we're completely different. One in, entirely new, weird world corner of the MCU that has been untouched, uh, and the other one like just a a story involving the Guardians of the Galaxy. But they 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 work well, and uh, uh, you know, tying it to a holiday does like build in the tradition element of like, oh, I want to watch that again because it's that time of year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that could happen. Yeah the the only other thing I had on my list that was viewing based uh, is Survivor. 
Oh yeah. It, what a, what a wild season we just had on survivor. I, think uh, it was, I, I, I haven't watched live very long. I think just the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. And this was my favorite one to watch live for sure. And it might be my favorite chunk of survivor that I've seen, which, which I haven't seen all of it, but yeah. I, I was super into this season and I was very invested throughout this season. Like I started having favorites. I was like, actually I'm feeling really, really strongly about some of this stuff. You're and, becoming invested in who, who you want to win. And then, and then at some point it's like, Oh, it's starting to shift. And I'm turning, like I was all in on this one person. And like, I'm not all in on this one person. I'm all in on somebody else. Now, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. a few episodes later it, it shifted, you know, a little bit gradually, but you know, over the course of like three episodes, it became absolute like, no, this is my guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, uh, Jesse was was fantastic. Uh, yeah, and uh, and I will say, like, spoilers for the finale of the most recent season of Survivor. Uh, by the time you get to the final three, it felt like the four players eliminated and maybe even five eliminated beforehand. If any of them had made it to the final three, they would have won. So you're kind of disappointed in the final grouping, and you're a little bit shocked at how things turn out in the end because, like, it felt like these other people that got eliminated sooner were the protagonists mm-hmm. but that's also why they get targeted is everyone around them sees like oh i gotta get them out if i'm gonna win my million dollars uh, right so they are you know they are getting picked off because they're playing the strongest game and that can be a little unsatisfying for viewers when they're not able to pull it off and it feels it makes the season feel a little bit uh hot messy <laughs> you know we're mm-hmm. like wait what what's going on here uh who's who's actually gonna win this thing uh in the end but I, I, there's a charm to that kind of survivor series too uh where mm-hmm. where where it's um you know, it's not the dominant game from beginning to end by mastermind. It's just kind of like, oh, this this is where we ended up. Interesting. Yeah, I I totally agree with you about that assessment. It's like, okay, if if Jesse's there, he wins. If Cody's there, he wins. If Carla, Carla's there, even yeah. uh, Noel, probably Sammy, maybe. That's uh, like Sammy yeah. and Noel are the ones where I'm like, not definitely, but probably would beat any of the final three. Yeah, yeah. If it, it and so you could have a very different set of finale stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with that, with that grouping and yeah, it's just kind of how it shook out and you can kind of feel, I think there's even the jury had a vibe of that towards the end where it's like, I think everyone was kind of rooting for Jesse. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah. To, to an extent where it's even like, other, I, I really want Jesse rooting for him. <laughs> like, yeah. As, as they like see him go, they're like, man, I feel bad about this. Like he was really great. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, and so, so I look forward to seeing some of, I mean, I've been looking forward to this since I started watching survivor. It's like, I want to see people come back in a new season where I watched their first season. Cause I've never, I've, I've never really felt that where right. I watched this the first time and now they get to come back and I'm so happy to see them again. Yeah. And it's like, you're going to have like any an immediate investment and in rooting interest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for, for someone, because you wanted them to win their season and they didn't, you know, the last time uh, there's, there's um, a fan favorite player named Sari Fields who has never won. She's played four times and really like could have won any of the seasons she's been in, like was really on the cusp and fans have like joked if they, if they ever do like a fan versus favorite season and Sari Field was on the favorites, like every fan would just like work to help Sari Fields win. <laughs> like you, you need this. It's our win. If you win, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that kind of feeling. And yeah, you start to get that kind of investment because uh, you know, these are real people uh, and, and you, you hear, you know, snippets of their life stories and you see how they're playing. You see how they're reacting on the Island and you become invested in, in seeing them succeed. Yeah. Oh, well, and, and then there's, you know, the entire, so Kestra listens to podcasts 
about Survivor and and from you know Survivor contestants. And I I I don't listen to them, but she you know tells me how the other Survivor contestants are feeling about you know people on the show. I almost said characters. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not the right term because they really are real people. And so there, so she gets like a secondary viewing experience basically as as they talk about it and and it also cements like okay what from each given season is memorable right what are people going to be referencing again in the future and and i don't know the last two seasons have some of that but i think this season has some very clear stuff like jesse jesse's uh betrayal uh, betrayal is i remember is is an (laughs) all-time play yes which is why he got a, such a big target on his back. Every new media is like, if he makes it, he's going to win. We have to get him out. But mm-hmm. it was the right move to make when he made it. Yeah. And, and it was it, it, like he didn't he didn't do anything wrong. He just like made the choice and and he did it really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, has. I, I, I mean, you've 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 watched all the Survivor. So has anyone ever, you know, played someone else's idol as part of the blind side? Uh, when immediately as like playing the idol on someone else to blindside the person whose idol belonged to no, because that's uh, a quirk of the current seasons like have some some things in place that make people more willing or, or more likely to have given their idol to someone else heading in right the, like the knowledge is power yeah so it's a very rare someone, someone else someone not have control of their own idol right then um but there are some iconic moves like Suri Fields has what was called the three two one vote where uh she that was uh the the final six and um was able to convince one person that everyone was voting someone two other people that they were voting someone else and then have a, a the sub alliance of three of like everyone else who was kind of on the edge actually vote the person out they wanted. Uh, and there's just like befuddlement from the people who voted the two and the one because they thought they were in mm-hmm. <laughs> what it was and, and the way she split it, it prevented it from being a tie by making it a three to one vote. Right. Um, and it, that's considered like one of the greatest strategic moves uh, in, in the history of the show. And it's kind of like what Jesse did uh, with Cody. Like I'd say those are like going to be talked about in the same way. Right. Well, and then also like afterwards, Jesse had a, an idol that he had never told anybody about for, you know, like two weeks mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and nobody knew even the jury. Yeah. Or like, that's my idol. <laughs> yes how did he yeah. get that like ha- like what shuffle led to that Something because there was an episode early on yeah th- they, they just have the shuffling so much about their idols that actually keeping one secret is a power move now whereas it used to be everyone kept their idol secret mm-hmm. uh but things get shared so much more freely in the in the last three seasons post-covid um one one thing you mentioned though uh like kester listening to podcasts i wish i had a supercut of contestants for the first 40 seasons of survivor which was a 39 day long game except for season two, which was 41 days long. Um, but it, it's always been 39 days. And because of having to quarantine when they were first coming back, they had, everyone had to be in a two week quarantine before they went off to film that mm-hmm. it was just cutting so far into their production time. They compressed the game into 26 days. And I wish I had a super cut of every past survivor on a podcast complaining about the 26 day game and saying, it's barely even starting that, you know, they don't even know they, the, these new ones, <laughs> they just don't know what survivor <laughs> really is. Uh, and just like to a T they say the exact same things. And I want a super cut of it desperately. Well, and, <laughs> Because they haven't brought anyone back from from the previous era. No, this yeah. has been all new for the at least, at least these four seasons that they've done, they filmed are going to be uh, since COVID. Uh, new, yeah. All new players in 26 day game. And so it's, it's unclear if they're going to go back to a longer game at any point or if this is just the I mean, they, they've tried to compensate, right? They've made it more intense, like, OK, you don't have a day off. 
yeah and and they, they get less starting supplies and food uh which mm-hmm. i mean for a while they weren't giving them much at all but even now it's 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 less of that and they keep trying to make it feel harder to like like they're they're really pushing down the idea of like earning things uh on on the series that like you know nothing is given but I, i'm sure it, it really is different because it's um uh I, I think it was tyson apostle uh who had played several times in the, in the 39 day version was talking with someone from the 26 day version and they're like i feel like it's the same and he's like you're a distance runner imagine you finished the race and then they told you you're only two-thirds done go run the last third that's what you're dealing with with the 26 yeah. day game of like you've done a distance like a marathon and they tell you oh you need to go finish the last third of the marathon when you thought you were done mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so i can see it um yeah so it'd be interesting to see somebody come back and or, or like one way or the other, either someone who's done a 26 version and do the 39. I would or guess when they get who did a 39, to, do a 26. When they get to season 50, which actually is on the horizon for them. Oh yeah. Uh, they're, they're I, planning I that. It will be a legends of war and they'll jump back to 39 days for that one season. But just financially and production wise, it seems so much easier for them to do the 26 day. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're regularly going to be going back to it. Do you think they'll do anything special for like 45? Uh, I would be surprised if that's like the first returning player season and it's from from pulling, these past few pulling people from these last five. But then uh, when they get to season 50, it could be from any of the it's got to be from from everything like the biggest names that that they can get back to come back, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, I I, I look season forward to 40. That. They did winners at war. It was an all winter season, yeah. uh, which you was know, a big it, deal. Yeah, was a huge deal. Uh, and so I think season 50 would be legends at war would be my guess. Just, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, you know, from the whole history. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm really excited for a season where it's like I was rooting for this person originally. Like I remember watching them the first time through. Uh, you know, I feel like that's going to be really, really engaging for me, mm-hmm. and so I really look forward to that. And so I hope they do something with that by 45. It's like now, I've seen these people. I've never talked about this on the podcast. This next season that they're airing, season 44. I had some contact with the casting director about season 44. So I'm going to be watching it like a hawk of like, which one of these people could I have been, could, could have been me. Right. <laughs> like who's slot. Cause you know, like which one's like my age. And yeah. Gender, yeah. Know, there's yeah. going like, to be some sort of age, <laughs> socioeconomic background. Didn't work out. I, there's no evidence that I will ever be on survivor. Uh, I'm just saying that for our listeners, but I did that, have a conversation. And you will keep really trying exciting. to be on survivor. Yeah. Won't you? You're not yeah, going to stop trying. Yeah, it was super exciting. But this next season is the one I, I would have been on had anything worked out, which it did not. It did not go past those initial conversations with the casting uh, producer. But it still could in the future. Yeah. Um, uh, so. Oh, uh, reading. Uh, any books that you want to shout out? Uh, comic books or books? from? Um, yeah, most of my reading is uh, comic books at this mm-hmm. point. I, I read. I read like professional books at work and then. I do not do a lot of like book reading at home. Uh, sometimes I'll listen to something. So, but, but I'm usually listening to podcasts. So comic books and podcasts is, is the other stuff that I uh, had identified. Uh, the, the biggest thing comic book wise that I could remember from this year was world's finest. Um, so DC has a, a, a Batman Superman from Mark Wade as the, as the writer. And it's, it's really great. It's very classic. It's okay with the world being a little bit absurd. Yeah. And and it it feels really good to have that kind of absurdity and and like a comfort in that absurdity, like a confidence in it where the characters are confident in this world being very comic booky. 
there's a silliness that's inherent to mm-hmm. superhero stories and the long history of superhero stories involves silliness and sometimes there's an urge to run away from that and make everything grim and gritty or realistic uh which are different things <laughs> um and to just kind of embrace the bright color primary colors and the silliness at the same time is something that i wish we saw in all comic book media a little more frequently mm-hmm. and and yeah just an openness to let the world be what it is mm-hmm. and and just to say like this is what we're dealing with this is where we're at and this is how we're gonna we're, how we're gonna do it you know it's it's okay for the world in the media in the fiction to have some sort of inherent in difference from from the real world yeah and and i mean a, a dark and gritty world is just as dissimilar from the real world as the bright and shining world mm-hmm. in in a lot of cases it's just people believe the darkness more yeah <laughs> for some reason and they're like oh it's so realistic because it's so dark it's like it's not more realistic because it's dark it's just Kind of depression. Yes. Just an aesthetic choice has been made. Um, Let's see. For books that we did not talk about as episodes of the podcast, um, I wanted to shout out A Tip for the Hangman by Alison Epstein, which is about uh, Christopher Marlowe as a spy. And if you know the life of Christopher Marlowe, you know how it ends. Uh, But but I found it uh, a pretty compelling read. Uh, Also, The House on Vesper Sands by Patrick it's It's an Irish name. And it's P A R A I C. I'm going to panic trying to pronounce that. Do you have? A, do you want to take a stab at that, Andrew? Sorry, P A R A I C. Perrick? Perrick O'Donnell. Uh, that was intriguing. It was an interesting world. I kind of wish I'd gotten a little more explanation of the world. Like it's, it's a supernatural world and kind of like a feel like Victorian London uh, with supernatural elements. And the supernatural like gets some explanation, but not like uh an origin of what is going on there <laughs> uh but but i was enjoyed the world the whole time i was there uh if then by kate hope day which is I think multiverse like people flipping between universes but one thing that i thought was really smartly done in it is uh in the story you don't realize that one of the storylines is actually in the other universe <laughs> uh and then uh, you know people are starting to like see doppelgangers of themselves from other universes uh, but one of the storylines that you thought was in our main the main core universe is actually in the other universe and mm. was handled in a really smart way uh i reread my antonia by willa cather turns out willa cather still good <laughs> still great author <laughs> probably should talk about that one on the podcast sometime but the two books that i think have stood out the most to me in my reading was uh cloud cuckoo land um and uh lincoln highway is, is the other one that i i'm only like two-thirds of the way through lincoln highway highway but it lincoln highway just has some lines where I'm like, oh, that was a master writer. Uh, where like one that still stands out to me, which was I probably read it like a month ago. Uh, it's a it's a long book. I'm working my way through it slowly, but it, it was uh, someone watching, uh, like a, a teenagers uh, be egged onto the fight. And this is like 1950s uh, small town uh, stuff. But but like a fight's about to break out break out uh, of, of like two kids that had a grudge. Uh, and then, but there's one person that's egging him on and someone who's looking on says to himself, like, I, I know that person. He's started a hundred fights, but never thrown a punch <laughs> about the one who's egging them on. And I'm just like that phrase of like started a hundred fights, but never thrown a punch. Like, oh, that's one that's just like that encapsulates <laughs> the character so quickly. 
and uh and, and the book is just full of those kinds of things so lincoln highway is, is one of my favorites this year okay all right one other thing that i want us to do this can be a short episode just uh well, well hang on let me oh. let me talk a little bit about um some podcasts Oh, well, right. Oh, I did also just and, real and quick. Then one other wanted thing. to shout out one graphic novel, uh, The Human Target by Tom King. Uh, mm-hmm. For six that issues was, were put out as, co- as a collection. I haven't uh, finished reading that volume or else it probably would have been <laughs> one of the things I mentioned. Definitely my favorite graphic novel of the year that I've read. Uh, so, yeah, two two things, which would be some uh, some podcasts. Uh, Mom Can't Cook is a podcast from some British comedians who are going through Disney Channel original movies. Was that the name of a Disney Channel original movie? No, it is something that they feel like is constantly in the Disney Channel original movies. It's okay. Like, and there's always these through lines about how the mom can't cook. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and and so I was recommended to that from from a friend, and I I enjoy it very much. They they are picking apart the decoms in in a very entertaining way, and it's not mean spirited. They just, I so like the origin was it for it was they started watching the DCOMs in lockdown. Like mm-hmm. one night, they're like, "Well, I can't go out, can't do anything. It's Friday night," and they just watched two DCOMs back to back. And they're like, "I guess I'm gonna do all of them." Yeah. <laughs> and then they and then since then they have gone back and like let's record a podcast about it. So this is at <laughs> least their second time through watching of most of them. Fantastic. Uh, so so I really enjoy that. And then uh, I had COVID this year. And so I had to isolate for a while and did some extra podcast listening. Uh, and, and I think you'll appreciate this. Uh, there is it. It's not D&D, but it is a, a role playing game podcast. Uh, called Beyond the Map. OK. And it is from uh, from Australia. And the the guy running it. So it's it's one on one role playing. So there is there is one guy who's. And as as I understand it, he is actually creating this world. It it, it is not like they they have a, a game mechanic for it, but it's not off of a an adventure path. Mm-hmm. And so he's creating this, and he's just playing with one person who is, or usually one person, uh, who is saying all the things they want their character to do, and and it's just one on one role playing, and it's um. It's spooky. It's not like like true crime. It it is like supernatural mm-hmm. horror adjacent. And and every season is at like a different setting. And so one is in the Australian outback and one is in like the Alaska like like in a, on an oil rig in Alaska or a mining space in Alaska. And so there's these different things going on and it's really good and I, I and it like helped me get through that week. <laughs> of of isolation it's like okay i'm living for this this is this is the stuff andrew i had said i think just offhand that one year for christmas special Mm -hmm. we should do like a one-on-one role play where you are guiding me through a christmas town and like and i've got to i've got to react and and we we build out the adventure of me at the center of like a hallmark movie playing yeah so i would have to i would be very heavily inspired by by this beyond the map world of darkness stuff be well and the fact that that the guy is writing this stuff is really phenomenal it means he's writing you know a dozen or so characters mm-hmm. you know into the story and, and playing them in a certain way and and you know it, he's doing reactive storytelling 
where he is telling the story based on what the character does. It, you know, it's like he's writing yeah. a choose your own adventure as, as someone, as, as as someone read it. But yeah. He didn't have the chapters laid out in front of him. It's just, okay, yeah, he's got he some got stuff. This, so here we go. <laughs> but it's like, okay, here's the way you want to do it. And, uh, super creative. And, and so I really, really recommend that. And, and I, that was going to transition into talking about the fact that we have played Pathfinder, not D and D, but uh, you know, extremely close similarity to, to D and D you participated. Yes. Along with some other family members while Uh I led the game and, and we did a whole, a whole module, the beginner box set for Pathfinder second edition. Yeah, it was, it took us what, uh, I mean, it was, across probably six months yeah uh and, but not not even going monthly with our meetings sometimes like, like in the end we we kind of sprinted and did a f- like three times in four weeks or something like that but mm-hmm. for for a good chunk it was like okay this month we're trying to go monthly but it ended up being every other yeah. month which my understanding is a month in a lot is of stereotypical for mm-hmm. how these kinds of things go yes uh i mean that was largely based on your schedule and the football schedule, I believe. <laughs> Saturday, Saturday's got taken up a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we were able to, to get through a whole thing. It probably represents in the neighborhood of 25 hours of, of play. Yeah. It was my first time doing anything beyond like a one session sit down mm-hmm. uh, of that, which I'd only done maybe three or four times in my life beforehand. So it was fun to do a full thing and see. Um, you really do start to feel both your own character and the other characters around you like, oh, personalities are being formed. <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for, for for the characters that were playing um you know whatever i had going in is different than what i had coming out but it felt <laughs> organic for it to kind of take place mm-hmm. yeah there there's something that happens when you when you have the time built into it over the course of several months mm-hmm. and uh, it was a lot of fun i i thoroughly enjoyed doing that um well maybe next year for for a christmas special we will do a uh I'm trying to think of, of like a clever Christmassy holiday wintertime pun for Dungeons uh, and Dragons for or... Yeah, I, I, I mm. well, uh, I think we I had to make up a plot for something. Was it Christmas campaign? And I, I turned just... it into a D&D campaign. <laughs> um, that, that was one. The, the, uh, the years best ago. thing I've got so far is is winter blunderland. Mm, well, that would fit <laughs> some of my experiences playing the game. <laughs> We have we have 12 months to workshop this. So, yeah, no rush. Yeah, we uh, you know, if we narrow it down to, OK, it is about it. it is about hallmarking this. Mm-hmm. Um, I did want to give just a little look ahead to some things that we want to do um, on the podcast this coming year. We occasionally have done special episodes where we talk about storytelling and different types of storytelling. So like we did fan fiction. We've done uh, what are some of the other ones we've done? We've done we've done several of these. Um where it's it's i mean we, we've had conversation about video game yeah, about, storytelling, video about games, reality tv yeah reality tv i want to do one about storytelling in uh in dungeons and dragons or in role-playing games um and i've got some guests that i think would be really good for for that kind of discussion who are far more experts than i mm-hmm. <laughs> in in that so that's one special that i i want to do um for sure i know we're we've kind of got in our short list of things to talk about uh babylon 5 and uh i think there was a netflix adaptation of ps i love you i think is what it was called that someone asked us to do but that they said recommended doing around valentine's day um so that's one that's that we'll probably be getting to in the in the first couple months of the year um and i imagine we'll be doing glass onion at some point um after we're able to see the have we done knives out 
We did do Knives Out. Um, in fact, very early last year. Okay. Oh, sorry. I had a random hiccup there. Very early last year, we did do Knives Out. Or in the fall last year of, of 2021. Uh, <laughs> last year. Um, but, listeners, uh, this is also a call for you to suggest any special episodes you want to see us do or specific books, TV shows, movies, comic books, anything you want us to talk about, let us know. We are definitely open to suggestions. We typically, by this point, I think I usually have like the first few months mapped out. I do not have that this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Big fish is probably going to happen. That's, that's one, uh, you know, there's, there's a few things here and there, but uh, we are, we're definitely looking for some suggestions about things that you would like to hear us talk about. And, and unless you donate on the Patreon, it's not a guarantee. Yeah. But it, uh, but it does help. It does help us to fill out the schedule and also to yeah, keep it, it, it It's more of like a brainstorming mm-hmm. than, than a commitment. And uh, it, I think it's important for us to keep branching out and doing stories that aren't already on, you know, my radar or Andrew's mm-hmm. radar. Uh, you know, we're fairly similar age from the same family, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, white middle class men. <laughs> we, we have particular things that tend to be on our radar. So you, anything you know, that podcasters. Can, help, <laughs> can help expand outside of that would, would be great for us. Uh, Andrew, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up this shorter episode? Uh, no, I do not. All right. Well, thank you again, listeners, for downloading this episode. We will be back. Uh, oh, I guess we should also mention very soon after this one drops, we will have our, our fantasy box office picks uh, for, for 2023. I what's coming ahead uh, in, in, in that year. So a few special episodes are kind of already mapped out. Um, but thank you again, listeners, for downloading this particular episode and giving it a listen. Please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast and your podcast app of choice. And please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We'd like to thank Scott Talk to you, Post Art, the music. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss another great character and a great story. So. Blizzard wizard. Is that anything? Oh, there, there's something there. I don't know what, but there's something.